Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go. <sighs> All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Benchtown TV and our coverage of HBO's Succession. So this episode will be on episode eight, America Decides, which we have been anticipating for weeks now, I guess ever since the clip of Jesse Armstrong saying that episode eight was going to be the real shocker. That might even have happened before the season even started. So before we start on this episode, classic Benchtown housekeeping, if you would like to support us beyond just simply listening, Subscribing is the best way to do that, either through your audio podcast app or if you are watching us on YouTube. And then BingetownTV.com is kind of the hub, the home of Bingetown TV. Everything there, everything about us, all of our episodes are just better aggregated there. The tabs are, are kind of there by show instead of just scrolling through endlessly. And lastly, if you're listening on our succession-specific feed, we obviously have our main feed, which is Bingetown TV. We're covering shows like Yellow Jackets, like Kathleen is repping right now with that wonderful sweater. What else are we doing? Uh, Barry is going on. We'll, we'll have an episode that sums up the, the end of that season, season four that's currently going on. Silo on Apple TV yeah. and The Mandalorian just wrapped up as well. So we've been very busy lately. We'll probably continue to be busy. So if you're liking what you're hearing, stick with us and we'll have more that you like. Okay, so getting into episode eight, Succession. I will be doing our executive summary for this episode. And I just want to say in advance that obviously a lot happened in this episode. I struggled mightily trying to capture everything. Um, I think I did an okay job, but we'll see. And I guess a, a fair warning that this might be a little long, but okay. <clears throat> Thank you all for coming. Uh, it's election night in America, which means the beauty of democracy and the integrity of American institutions are both on full display. Tom starts the dance, feeling the heat from all sides, but early signs point to a comfortable night for Shiv's horse Jimenez and Matson Steele. The ideological tug of war between Shiv and Roman begins in earnest as they battle over which group of emojis is more positive and whether kidnapping is kidnapping. The C bros get started early with some good old-fashioned influence peddling, seemingly unaware that, by Tom's estimation, we may be two missed espresso shots and some bodega sushi from returning to amoebas. The night begins to catastrophize, as the touchscreen fails, a fire breaks out in Wisconsin, Shiv has both Tom and Nate on speakerphone together at the same time, and the siblings begin to break Loken's Geneva conventions with reckless abandon. Tom's night goes from bad to worse as he interprets Shiv's olive branch and baby bombshell as a play, resulting in a potential bounty placed on his head by the siblings. The sibling kumbaya moment is quickly foiled as the ideological split between Shiv and Roman grows into a chasm as the fight over the fire in Wisconsin and whether ATN should call the state for Mankin grows into a full blaze. And I lost my spot while I was reading. Wasabi and, a, <laughs> wasabi and a hint of lemon <laughs> ne <laughs> nearly saves America after Roman goes rogue, handing out talking points to Nazi Ravenhead and pressuring Tom and Darwin to make the Wisconsin call for Mankin, which he eventually succeeds in doing. Alas, Connor, a.k.a. Schrodinger's president, a.k.a. the leader of the Conheads, a.k.a. Willa's husband, a.k.a. the fun guy in Uruguay, arrives at ATN Studios and delivers a legendary concession speech after disappointment in Kentucky and the promise of Slovenia from Mencken. Kendall finally joins the ideological fray to temporarily stop Roman from eating steak and crowning a new president that might smash the country to pieces. pieces. Still unsure, <laughs> Ken runs to Shiv and admits he wants to be the number one boy, while his sister tries desperately to get him to see that Mencken is evil and Kendall is maybe not. Shortly after, the final battle between Shiv and Roman begins in the boardroom over which candidate will tank the deal and what their late father would do. Shivy stumbles as she can't deliver certainty on Jimenez, and Greg deals the final blow as he reveals Shiv's treachery with Matson, pushing Kermit Kendall to the surface and dooming Jimenez's campaign and seemingly the future of America as he sides with Roman and tells Tom to make the call. To the dismay of Shiv, our girl Jess, and seemingly everyone in the control room, Pontius Pilate declares the election for a guy that, quote, the Roys can do business with, end quote. 
Election night ends as the ripple effects of the decision spread across the nation. As lawyers hear dollar signs, Tom gets blasted on television. Shiv declares war on her brothers with Matson, and Fikret is once again witness to the roller coaster that is Kendall Logan Roy. I do not envy you for having to do the summary for this episode. <laughs> what a episode after the executive summary for it was so fast paced. Um, good job though. Very very well Thank done. You. Yeah, very there was. Well done. I couldn't shoehorn Hugo and the old guard in there. Uh, I tried really hard to get Shiv and, and Greg in there. It just for some reason, it was like in between so many other things that it, it felt hard to sandwich it in there. And I just at the last second got Jess in there because I was like, she's got to be in there, obviously. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah. This episode is, I think, like two things can be true. It can be an incredibly written episode, incredibly acted, an incredible episode period. And at the same time, I don't ever want to watch it again. Like the second rewatch, I was struggling through it because it's a nightmare and it's too close to home. They did that on purpose. They're trying to mirror like a 2016 election. And it's really insane to think that even in our world, people like Roman and Kendall, who are so completely biased for their own selfish will are making the call. And, you know, there might be litigation for three months for Mencken, but they say it in the episode, like them calling it on ATN will matter. Like this might make him the president by us calling it. And to me, I've never thought in my head at all when it's election day and I'm just hitting refresh on Google to see what's going on with the electoral stuff. I'm not even thinking that it just could be a news or lying to me and just calling it because <laughs> yeah. what the fuck milwaukee it's like a hundred thousand votes a hundred thousand yeah. votes for a for a state that usually goes democrat so i i just don't understand when shiv says a revote and everyone in the room even the people who kind of want a revote are like oh that's i mean there's nothing in the law that says you could do that yeah. it's like what do you mean america decides do they <laughs> yeah I don't know. End rant, I guess. <laughs> You're good. Honestly, I I feel like I enjoyed the episode almost more on the second watch. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was fun. It's just fun how fast-paced it is. There's just so much happening. You can't like even linger on one detail. I thought that the kind of overarching threads of like with the siblings were just like really well done of like Kendall's indecision. Roman was on a fucking warpath all episode he is running in and out of rooms he's on the phone the whole time and shiv is just trying to juggle more than just work obviously at the same time and she's trying to play all sides and it's not going well because she's not playing any of the sides well and it's just i I really really honestly enjoyed this episode (laughs) no i didn't either but you know obviously well done just as anything is and the acting speaks for itself and the writing, obviously, if it can make me feel so horrible. And I was like, yeah. this is not how I wanted to start my Monday of exhaustion anyways. So <laughs> it does feel too close to what has happened. And it feels very realistic for where our country is headed. So kind of terrifying. So a little, yeah. I, people all the time are like, ah, oh, I don't want to watch Succession. I don't want to think about work or like business. Like, am I, and I, I'm like, oh, fuck that. I love this shit. But then this is the first time I felt that in a real yeah, like way where I was like, mm, nope, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tune out from that shit. But again, yeah. really well done. The threads of the siblings, like you said, was the fracture is now a chasm, as you said, all three sides, I would say. Maybe not as overtly with Kendall and Roman, but Kendall, he has it out for Roman and Roman's focused on his lane. So we'll see. Oh, man, I hate Roman so much. After this episode, it solidified it for me. I was kind of a Roman apologist at the end of the three seasons and going into four. I was rooting for him and he was doing so well. And and in the beginning, they hit us with these emotional beats, right? Their dad died. They had these opportunities to hug each other and love each other and tell each other we can work together. We can buy Pierce and we can do this. We can do that together. We don't have to following dad's footsteps or whatever. And now they're just absolutely each doing all bad things. No one's good. This episode absolutely reminds you who you're working with here, who you're dealing with. It's the, the Roy's are not good people in general. Like there's no protagonists of the show unless it's Jess. (laughs) (laughs) She tried. 
Or maybe Jerry, but even Jerry's not like she wasn't great. in the episode. I know. Hate to see it. We're done. Um, I mean, they're billionaires. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the whole Wild. issue. Wild. All right. So we can move into favorite moments. Moments is difficult for me. So if anyone really has one they want to pick out, it's probably the one we all have the wasabi lacroix <laughs> incident. That one was fantastic. You know, and your line in the executive summary was perfect. It almost saved America, but it wasn't quite strong enough. So <laughs> that was just the only, like, it felt like break in the episode, like the only real levity. Even like the um, touch screen going awry, it was stressing me. Tom's frantic whiny pitch when he's like freaking out makes me crazy like in a bad way so this was like where the only time i drew it i think i laughed the whole episode yeah. uh again i we didn't say this yet i don't know why i said again apologies for our voices we we're at taylor swift all night last night till 1 30 yeah. in the morning so we watched it this morning that's why we were like this is exhausting for a monday morning um so the reason I'm saying this is I didn't pick a moment, so I'm doing it on the fly. But if I had to do it, um, if I had to pick, I would say probably the moment Shiv gets got with Kendall, the like Victorian-esque, like just like betrayal Shakespearean, not Victorian, Shakespearean-esque betrayal when he walks across and you, Shiv is giving him eyes the whole time. Roman's, Roman's like giving her zingers and she's like, I'm not listening to you. I can't listen. This is... I think that is such a downfall for Shiv, like faking the call to someone who is Kendall's friend. Like that's how she met Nate. It's Kendall's friend. So he can just give a call. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe it would sound better coming from Shiv because Shiv's the more liberal of the three and has connections with Nate and whatever and is pushing for Nate's um, candidate. It's not just like, oh, I'm Kendall. I'm calling you because I want something. It's more like Shiv's like, this is in our best interest. Maybe ATN could help you out here. Regardless, brutal. And this is the moment where everything breaks completely. Yeah. Okay. Because series defining event. Because even earlier in the episode, the only good Roman scene, I would say, and it's he has two words and he's like, do you want us to kill Tom? Even though the three of them weren't necessarily on the same page this episode, like in that moment when she brings something up, they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. Got it. He's dead, basically. Yeah. But this is the moment where I feel like that's no longer. It's going to be an all-out war for the next... For nine, for sure. Especially with the previews that were coming with Roman. I don't know if you watched it, Kyle, but... I did. Yeah, with Rome's acting up. But yeah, so ten... We'll see if how they are after nine, but it's going to break them. It did break them. Yeah, my... On the initial watch, when I saw... And it's kind of a quote combo, but when Tom tells Shiv, like, yeah, like it seemed like you're like a little unhinged or whatever he ends up saying, and Kendall like immediately reacts and is like, fucking watch it, Tom. I was like, yes, that's my moment <laughs> for sure. And then the ending of the episode happens, and I'm like, well, now it doesn't really mean anything. So kind of that moment is somewhat soured, obviously, by the ending. So I'm just going to pick uh, Jess and Greg having that really awkward conversation where they don't say anything, but kind of still say a lot Good. i just like jess it's just nice to get a reminder that jess is somewhat i mean i guess she's an okay person she seems nice she obviously does what kendall tells her to do and it's a job and all that kind of stuff but i like rooting for jess i thought it was nice that they gave her that screen time to kind of try to frame what greg was actually doing and see how greg reacted um so that'll be mine like you said yeah i mean i enjoyed the episode watching it but picking favorite moments i think is tough yeah, that Jess and Greg moment was interesting because we don't get dialogue from Jess ever. You know what I mean? Like, we love her. We stand, but we don't really get much from her. And she tried and it was coming on the heels of everyone in the control room kind of being like, oh, boy, like everyone. Yeah. And I said this to Kathleen. I was surprised that people reacted that way. This is like not how I'd picture people at Fox News reacting. If it's like, you know what I mean? In 2016. But maybe they were, you know, I think maybe everyone was like, oh, shit, this is for real. Like everyone was kind of like having that sort of expression. And it was interesting to see Jess try to be like, I don't know, Greg, you don't have to do it or rush it. And he was just like, he was on the fence. Um, but you know, raised up on the wings of fascists or whatever Tom said yeah. to him. He's always gonna take whatever brings him up higher, you know what I that mean? Even if it's back. even if it's like the devil. So 
Yeah, that right. was one of the first times I feel like lately that we've seen Greg have somewhat of a maybe a backbone. Or a conscious. But obviously it was yeah. Or that's much better way to say it, yeah. And it was yeah. obviously short lived. Greg, in the beginning, if I'm remembering, I've only seen the show once through. I've seen season three twice, but Greg is more liberal as well. Like in the beginning, Greg says some things that are like, wait, wait, wait. Like he has some reservations until he doesn't. I feel maybe I'm making yeah. that up in my head. No, it's true. You know, and Tom's like, oh, yeah, we all like Hamilton, Greg. Like he, he's kind of just, I don't think he's hardcore, but I think he's kind of like pushing back against everyone's kind of like lack of political correctness and things like that. And mm-hmm. until he finally is like, oh, this isn't getting me anywhere. Well, the big paychecks start hitting, and he starts getting new suits. He he grows out of California Pizza Kitchen, and he kind of starts to realize, yeah, he doesn't really give a fuck. How about a few episodes ago when I was like sticking up for the the new Gen Roys and being like, well, at least they're not like racist or anything. And then in this episode, Romans <laughs> literally makes that, that was joke crazy. And even he in that moment is like it's a joke it's like that's not a joke that's being yeah. racist <laughs> they all like, were like everyone in the room was like oh and tom was like get them the fuck out of here the amount of times tom had to kick or, or greg had to kick people out and be like yeah. no get out of here <laughs> wow. you know what maybe my favorite moment is actually when tom hands the phone to greg when he's talking to shiv and Kendall and me, like, we're not fucking talking to Greg. <laughs> I saw their face and I was like, there's no way they're going to hang up on this motherfucker. That's like an so insult. Funny. Yeah, that was so funny. And Greg's just like still talking <laughs> into the void. <laughs> All right, we can move now into quotes. So, I mean, moments may have been scarce, but very quotable episode, I thought. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and take the low-hanging fruit here. The old guard got very little airtime in this episode but we're gonna count hugo in that because hugo returns to the show with an absolute bang and just enters a scene flop your dick out pop a nut come on do something and i agree (laughs) hugo (laughs) get that dick out i immediately was like that's gonna be kyle's line isn't it (laughs) (laughs) like immediately she was like kyle like yep yeah yeah i really wish Carl said it. I thought they played us a little bit when they released the stills for the episode, and one literally one of the eight was Carl sitting and eating something, and we didn't get anything like that. But Hugo did it for me. Yeah, I didn't feel like I didn't even see Carl's the front of him. I felt like I didn't even see that still, but I might have blinked when it happened. Um, it just like very quickly pans past him, which is gross. I'm going to go with my Tom line, the information one. Oh, Oh, do you want that one? Yeah. Well, do you have another one? I have one other one. I have the one where where Kendall and Roman are like fighting about the fucking chicken and steak growing up. And he's like, oh, so because we ate so much chicken as a kid, I have to like the fascist. And it's just like (laughs) so good because like Roman is being a whiny little bitch. Like he's being very pushy all episode. He's being worse Roman behavior. And like Kendall to kind of call that out. It really does highlight the um, absurdness that these people get to call the shots on our country. And it's because Roman, he wants to have a say and his tantrum is going to like let him win this time. Like, I just thought it was like a really way to like great way to kind of encapsulate that. And Kendall's delivery, Jeremy Strong's delivery as always was chef's kiss. Yeah. And ever these kids are still holding these types of like traumas or whatever from when they were kids, you know, like. Roman never got anything and now he's fucking pissed about it and he's holding it against Kendall. Shiv's acting whiny all episode and and every time she tries to talk, Roman's just shutting her down and being like flag, flag, flag. It's so annoying. Like it's really really annoying. He was making me tense up with how Ikta was being from him and it was amazing acting because usually he's goofy but this was intense and serious and i was like scared of him a little bit in this episode this is like a a loony guy who only cares about what he wants and and even kendall okay sure when you bring up the hypothetical america and roman's like fuck it but kendall's like some guy pushed my daughter and he's like she's fine right no empathy nothing it's psycho it's a good reminder of the people who hate roman i'm like yeah Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean the 
the newsletter I get every Monday of succession rankings from Hunter Harris. She's amazing Twitter follow as well. She was like, he's the only one she ranked him at the top this week and was like, he's the only one that will do what Logan would do, right? He's he'll do whatever. He'll torch this country to do to get the Gojo deal blocked to go to the top with Mankin. Like he is most like Logan in that way where he has zero conscience, zero any kind of like caring about the everyday man. Like he'd literally probably run a guy over and back up again and keep it going. <laughs> like it's he has that Logan fire in him. I think that is like what could you know work in his favor in this horrifically toxic environment. Uh, okay now i get the quote i get the steal it's a great quote so information greg it's like a bottle of fine wine you store it you hoard it you save it for a special occasion and then you smash someone's fucking face in with it but to me not only is it a great line but this is tom and greg this is how the interlopers get inside and grow right it's the only way you hoard information that is what we've seen tom and greg do greg is only anywhere because he's just finding little things he's like a little rat and then he yeah. and then he deploys them on people and he gets information and he's and he gets even more information and it's useful and everyone does it in the show but specifically people like tom and greg that's how tom got in and you know that's how he <laughs> flipped on Shiv for logan it's every it's his whole storyline so it was a really well written line i personally am shocked i thought someone was going to say Kendall's line of maybe the poison drips through when he's mm. thinking about like how he's a bad father and yeah. we've been talking about the cycle Kendall the cycle <laughs> yeah. and that kind of was him his first I would say probably conscious realization of it almost or at least outwardly saying it in the show but that was a great line and that's like a line I'm sure I could see that like that could have been almost like a tagline for the show or like the season like succession the poison drips through. Yeah, I could see that like that. You know, if it was like some blockbuster action movie, totally. So yeah, I thought that one was a good. That was a really really good line. Yeah, it's trickle down economics <laughs> toxicity ah, yeah. from the Roy family and ATN into America as well. It's yeah. not just with because of their platform. It's just not just confined to their horrible toxic genetics. So yeah, it's interesting. That's a good line. That's a good call. Unlike out. yeah, unlike trickled down economics it actually trickled down (laughs) even though it was a bad thing that trickled down (laughs) okay so always bad things trickling down speaking of trickle down and economics let's get right into this market watch this character discussion i can tell we were kind of chomping at the bit to get it in there so now that the quotes and the moments are out of the way who do we want to take first do we want to start small or do we want to start just absolute big dogs let's start big dogs let's start with shiv just because we finally got the bomb that she told tom about the babies so again it's like personal stonks and work stonks and you know what it's funny after the shit episode that shiv had and how it turned out when she's walking out of the building on the phone with mattson being like i'm gonna bury them i'm like i believe it stonks are up (laughs) i don't care if they no not really but you know i love her (laughs) so i i'm rooting for her even so i i really think faking that call is the stupidest thing she could have done at least Make the call. Just make the call. It's really okay. Right? It was a rookie mistake. And I think that's what it is, right? Every time Shiv gets confident, she fucks it. Because she just, like, trips over herself. She could have just called Nate and said, I'm just doing this. Like, let's just say we talked. (laughs) Like, that easy. Like, Yeah, that's a misstep. I also think, again, with the confidence line, wildly overconfident in how much power her words would hold over greg i think that she maybe has not realized what greg has turned into as much i think they only see the the wormy interloper side not actually kind of the things that he's done they just kind of see him when he's in the room kind of deal that said that felt like a mistake greg really isn't at a point where he needs to be that scared of shiv shiv doesn't have a ton of pull in the company there isn't a ton that she can really do to him so and i mean he had the leverage in terms of having the dirt. So that felt like a bit of a, I mean, it ended up being a misplay. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah. she kind of like thinks she's above playing the game with Greg, maybe with whoever, right. You just say to him, yeah, I'll make sure like, you're not on the kill list. Right. That's it. Like you just fucking yeah. lie like everyone else to his face, but she just like, is so icked by him and I, I get it, but she underestimated him completely. And I just yeah. think, which is also stupid because she sees him lurking and in Kendall's ear, Tom's ear. She should know better that like 
he'll do anything. So that was, again, a lot of missteps. She's out here doing a full <laughs> dance routine <laughs> with missteps. Yeah. yeah, she was kind of floundering around. It, nothing really seemed to go well. It was it was so apparently obvious, and they clearly made a point to make it this way, that she doesn't really have a ton of actual ideological standards. She kind of believes in like the nebulous idea behind it's more anti-Mencken than it's pro anything else. It's kind sure. of she thinks she stands for the everyman. Roman obviously is a complete cocksmack the entire episode. But he has some points about her in general of like that she doesn't really believe a ton of things. And it's so obvious when they talk, Roman says a lot of things and they're mostly crazy things like wild things but he has conviction in what he's saying so it sounds more convincing and she is stuttering and bona blubbering and they obviously throw it in her face really you know forcefully at the end but it was just like she was so outmatched in every single counter she had no argument that felt like it was like a worthwhile argument to make almost it was just she was saying words and it was kind of tough to watch the the greg conversation the tom conversation tom was absolutely did not care about anything she had to say. That was tough. The only thing that could catch his attention was that. And even then you would think he would crumble and blubber because that's all he wanted, but he didn't. He was like, is this another ploy? Like, what is this? Do you, what, what kind of like ploy percentage do you think it was? Like her throwing it out in that moment or. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think in that moment, she carefully chose when to do this. There were how many other moments when they were reuniting? It could have been the first thing she yeah. said, could have gone a long way and kept them away from the fallout that happened pretty quickly after. So, yeah, I mean, everything, I don't want to say everything Shiv does is calculated because, again, I think she just like, she kind of goes off emotion more. And I'm not even saying that as a woman, like that's kind of Logan to me as well. At least the Logan we got to know in his old age, like he would kind of just make decisions out of more like emotion or like whoever he was fucking as his mistress. Yeah, like, clearly. so she is like him in that way, like impulsive in like a, in and not like a way that's successful. So yeah, I don't, I think the things she does are not ever really altruistic, not so calculated, but definitely not with the motive she tries to say they are. Yeah, it was just so glaringly obvious that she has no in- ideological integrity or, you know, it's very shallow, all of her belief systems beyond getting power for herself. Yeah. So should we do Tom then, I guess, if, if we're yeah. pivoting from yeah. Shiv's bottoming out, right? Like stocks are at an all time yeah. low, I think, just if you're looking at hey. options. She's coming up at the end. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, at least now she has like it's going to be good for her to not have to play both sides. Just pick a side and believe in it and play it. And I think hopefully, I mean, there's only two episodes left, but hopefully that can see her gain more. I mean, we know that confidence can be her downfall, just as like a lot of other people in the show. But still, I, I think it'll be nice to see her. I, I would agree, Kathleen, although you said it a little bit tongue in cheek of that. It's a little bit on the come up because of that last yeah. scene of like she has motivation. She has clearly picked a side, even though more like a side has been picked for her. But I think that's much better for her. Listen, I think what Kendall did, if Kendall can come back from going on air and being like, my dad knew about everything. You know what I mean? He's back yeah. in the in the in the buddy system. The betrayals is not a done deal in this family. Like everyone's done it. And I think she says that one, but she's like, oh, we're we're all looking out for ourselves. We've all done things. Yeah. And listen, that was the plan in the beginning. They said, stay close to Mattson for the deal. And then they decided by themselves to kill the deal and did not tell her for a few days. So it's like, I've been working the angle that we were working. And she almost says that in this episode, but she was stuttering, man. They had her beat it was brutal i really wanted her to start lying and just give them what they give right like kind of just do the logan thing and make it so you know and i just think she that's where the amateur hour shines through is she can't back it up she's not good at like backing it up yeah at all yeah shift stands have been getting fed some slop in the second half of this season second half more like she had one good episode in the middle yeah (laughs) it baked us out hard that's true but okay tom yeah well even in the the scene we can do the tom in the scene when 
Shiv says this thing, and not only does Shiv apologize, say the baby thing, Tom doubles down and is like, well, you killed him, so. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> she I broke this man. That. She broke this man in ways he didn't even know. And I like that was like my first note. I was like, wow, they're so toxic. It's so broken. They can't even like have, there's no leeway. There's no give anymore. It's all just like smashing wine bottles in the face. This could be me just completely watching uncritically, but I believed that she like wanted to kind of apologize and felt somewhat bad. And he, I don't think he cares. Like, I think he believes everything he said and has no want or need to apologize. While she, I think there's someone, something in her that would like to apologize. Well, she always wants him back and wants to slightly apologize and then doubles down and does something even worse the next time. So there's too many betrayals on Tom. And not for nothing, like he said, this is the biggest day of his career. Sid's out. Logan's dead. It's his first go. They Everyone already wants him out. They want his head on a spike. He's like, I need to focus. And, and Greg isn't getting his coffee. The boards are breaking. Everything's going wrong. There's wasabi in Darwin's eyes. Nothing could go oh right gosh. that day. I just think that watching Tom and Greg stress out and run around like this could never be me. No shot. Who would ever want to be this? Fuck. I'm never watching yeah. the newsroom. <laughs> yeah, Tom might. professionally professionally bad night as well, obviously. I mean, it, the episode ends, he is the face of this. His face is the one that's on the TV screens associated with ATN's dealings. So we'll see how that plays out. But obviously that feels like a red flag or a red arrow. Right. It's like, it's like the jail fall. It's like taking the fall over again for cruises. He always finds himself in this position. And you could argue that it like also looks good for him. Like Mencken really goes in. He's the guy who pushed it. He's the face of it. But all signs are pointing to this isn't really going to be <laughs> as smooth sailing as they like, as if Roman wants it to be. And at the end of the day, Tom wasn't making this call. He was yeah, a figurehead. He's a figurehead for fascism. Now he's the poster boy. And I just think professionally, it could look like he made it out well. But I think, again, like long term, big picture, he does not have like strong, I guess, strong foothold. And in, in, it's like, where could he go if they can't his ass? Like, I, I just think he doesn't have similar to Shiv, not a lot of real options on the table at the end of it all. So you got to just keep like pursuing the direction you're in, I guess. Yeah, it was interesting that he in the initial like in the Wasabi scene where he's like to Roman, you don't make the call. I make the yeah. call. And then at the end, he was basically asked Kendall and Roman. I don't make the call. You guys make the call. And that was an interesting switch over whatever it ended up being 20 minutes. So, well, I mean, we'll see what the aftermath of all that is. I would say now, even in the wasabi scene, it feels like he changed his tune in the beginning. He's like, I make the call. And it seemed like he didn't want to call for Mencken because it's not legit. Darwin doesn't want to call for Mencken. Poor Darwin was getting kicked around all episode yeah. just to do. And I, I think he genuinely was just a math guy. He's like, I'm just here to count the votes and yeah. they weren't counted. But in the end of that scene, Tom's the one who comes up with, how about pending? It's like, yeah, okay. True. And I, and then it's Alex said ridiculous. to remind me, like Tom wants to latch on to whoever looks like they're winning. So Roman's the one who's making all these calls. Roman's the one who has like a good work day. So Tom, helps him out in that scene and i was like that's a good point because i it, the first watch through for sure i was like whoa you really flipped the switch fast within one scene but makes sense now all right on to roman we got a little bit of earlier yeah. but i think just yeah just general gagging throwing up in mouth noises i'm not gonna parts. be happy with even though I picked him, I'm not going to enjoy yeah. it if he's the one, you know, because this is hell. He's a horrific fucking Nazi fucker. I can't. Like, I just yeah. like the haircut, the fucking whiny, like bitch, rude voice. Like he's like everything I hate in politics yeah. and in power. And he like embodies it. Kieran does it so well. So I'll give yeah. him that. But Roman's on top right now, I would say after this episode, just because of his good work day. And but. Also, because like if that gets the Gojo deal block, boom. And then like if the president wants him, he's the guy. You know what I mean? And 
Logan, before he died, was like, I want you in charge of ATN. So I think he's like trying to put these pieces in, in place. Mm-hmm. If it's Survivor and they're doing the puzzle, he's almost at the end first. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Kendall, this just wasn't his arena. And it feels like this arena has become very fucking important for like, which CE bro could win out. Yeah, professionally, Roman killing it. I even, I mean, from his perspective, this was his probably best episode almost of the entire series. Mm-hmm. He is killing it. But obviously, from our perspective of people with some morals, potentially questionable morals when it's, you know, on the weekends, but not as questionable <laughs> as his are. And it's like crazy to watch. I mean, it's not necessarily surprising. It's just crazy to watch it so full force in your face, pedal to the metal. Like he was all over the place this episode. Like I said a little earlier, just doing things on the calls, talking shit to the ship, just bodying her in every argument. Like, and again, it's not like he's even making insanely good arguments. He's just sounds confident when he's doing it. So it makes Shiv look bad. He just says false flag probably 15 times and like babbles back at her, but like he says it confidently. So in the moment it plays, it's just like, it was very frustrating to watch, but also like you couldn't take your eyes off of it. Yeah, I mean, he's the most, he's being decisive and he's being the loudest, right? And so, again, Logan tactic and it's what wins. And that's what they were saying about like Mankin versus Jimenez too. Like we need decisiveness. We need like decision and action. We can't do indecision. And again, that's like the spin doctoring that they all love to do. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's perfect though. Decisive because it was very obvious that Kendall was not being decisive at all this episode. Obviously, Shiv is was kind of waffling a little bit between certain things, but Kendall was the waffler of all wafflers. It's interesting because now where we landed, Kendall's gunning for Rome, but I don't think Rome knows that. And I guess Rome thinks those two are going to work together and Shiv's gunning for both of them now. So they're all at odds, but Rome, I don't think knows he's being targeted unless he's like, yeah, well, Shiv might try to do something, but she's nothing. I mean, Rome was hitting all the buzzwords, his calling her hysterical, saying the burning of witches, like scene, everything he was saying. Whenever someone would bring up a point, Shiv's like, well, we can't, this is the end of democracy. We can't, what if like your guys like blew up this thing? And he's like, well, what if it was the leftist? And then like, he has something to say about everything. And that's just like every troll you've ever seen online in person, so cringy i it's so frustrating i get i am icked i'm grossed it was so as obviously a brother to sisters it was like a really good kind of representation of what it's like to kind of bicker with your siblings but obviously it's like the fate of the free world is at stake versus like who gets the last cupcake yeah so it was like really intense and and hard to watch at times for sure no i agree 100 percent yeah but someone well kieran said in the after you know the whatever after footage he was like when roman has an objective like that's where he thrives so he had his like thing and he just he just fucking bulldozes and nothing can get in his way and as as hard as it is for us to watch the wreckage and the carnage he that is where he thrives i think so i guess he's 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 up right now um more than he has been in the last two or three weeks and it yeah. seems like next week he's also going to be the star in the bell of the ball, or at least that's his attempt. And that's yeah. what the, the trailer is telling us. Yeah. And again, like it's, it's not like it's crazy for him to say these things. I feel like it's, these are things that he believes that we've kind of always known. He believes it's just never been, it felt like this intense in your face, like, and also working well. So I, he's I, also I never been think- in charge. Like yeah, the one true. that makes the call. Very, very true. I I did think the imagery of like let's stick our faces in the bosom of history was was kind of funny. I tried to work it into the into the executive summary, but I couldn't find a spot for it. But you know, context devoid when he's talking about obviously like taking control of you know the narrative of the American election. I think it was funny that that's the bent that the conversation went to. But we can move on to number one boy, baby Kendall Roy. So. He is obviously just a polarizing character. We talk about it all the time. I thought this was a fantastic Kendall episode. It's just, it was the experience. It was the Kendall Roy experience. It's just, he does shit and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? He does other shit and you're like, there it is. Like, there's somewhat of a good guy in there. And then he ends the episode being just an absolute 
dick bag and then he's got that look on his face and you could tell he's just you know brewing up some crazy shit to do in the future and it's just it, it hit all the notes it hit all the highlights it's a family betrayal Kendall face. You haven't seen it in a while, but he was just like, you piece of dirt. That was the funniest insult yeah. to me. I was like, that's what, it's still like, kind of like having like the gloves on because it's shit. It was just yeah. a piece of dirt. But yeah, he is just like slack jawed, just spacing out, just so paralyzed again by indecision. When Nikki is not in his element, it's just like indecision and insecurity and Obviously, you know, he does everything for his family if you didn't hear. <laughs> so I think that played into it, but it fucking doesn't. That's just like another Logan phrase. And I think that I, I don't know that he like went down this week, but I think he obviously is just floating in the middle now. He's just he almost transcends up and down or like a chart. He's he really just does. he's just shooting it to the moon, Romy. He's just out <laughs> there the on moon. his on his own plane of existence. He's judged by his own individual set of variables and criteria. It's just the Kendall Roy grading system is just different, I would say. I just think he really was lost to me. I, I know you're saying it's a great Kendall episode just in general, but like job wise, stunks wise, he says to Jimenez on the phone he says my eye is right here making sure it stays fair as fuck which is not true there <laughs> yeah, was no. nothing about it was fair and then he says to Rava exit poll say Jimenez I won't let the world push you around like he's speaking to Sophie again no wrong you had if, if that really mattered to you more than this Gojo deal and the the thing is is it still blocking the Gojo deal if they want to buy Gojo like, I was like, why is Kendall so focused on stopping the deal when he actually wants to go through with a different deal? Like, shouldn't he just counter now? Just be like, wait, halt, stop. I know it's been a really quick, like that was last night. Oh, yeah, that, no. That I those conversations happened. This is the classic, I don't know enough about how anything yeah. works at this level to know whether they have to like go through with the deal to a certain point before they can make a counter. Is it past that point? Like, I don't, I have no idea. That makes sense to me, but it's probably more complicated than that. It may have everything to do with when they announce the numbers, which is a shift thing we didn't really talk through um, because we haven't gotten to Matson yet, but basically Matson doesn't want to tell the numbers because he's like, what if we didn't? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm, I, I've got some words. I've got some things that yeah. we could say about it. Um, but either way, I was just I agree with you, Kyle. I don't know the ins and outs of the process of that as well. But to me, it's like I almost wish Kendall was going one way. Roman was going another way, which they are. But in this moment, they're still worried about the deal so much. That's the number one thing they're ready to destroy America for it. Collateral damage all of America because they want the fucking Gojo deal to die. That's something yeah. that their dad was dying for like it's just what is anything what is anything i would love to see a cut up of this episode that was just kendall scenes and it would end up being maybe like 20 minutes but it would just be the most hypocritical display of doing your job like ever it was crazy Say it closer to your phone, and I'm sure TikTok will find that for you very shortly. Yeah, in your true, true. Ask and you shall receive. But I already get enough um, fan cams from Succession. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, what about Khan? Do we want to round it out stonks wise with your man Khan just to to close the the book the book on this guy? I guess maybe. Yeah, it's tough because at some level he achieved way more than you ever thought he could when he set out on his presidential campaign. I mean, he is the uh, potentially going to be the United States ambassador to Slovenia. He got Willa. He did sell his soul a little bit if he had one, because we know that Connor is when it's, he's compared to the other siblings. He's kind of just kind of a aloof, goofy guy, but we know he has really, you know, somewhat, not even somewhat damaging ideas about what, you know, how the country should be run and, and his place in it and people who have money's place in it. But I don't know. He just, I love what he brings to the show so much that for me, I thought this was, it was a good Connor episode. And I, the thing that's concerning is, is the Willa aspect of it. Her face at the end, man, when he went rogue in his speech, 
I don't know. I'm smelling trouble in paradise a little bit. I it was this serious face of it's doubt. So it was Yeah. And I feel like for her it's the story could go I feel like it it's gonna hurt, but I think it's likely that she starts to become not like Greg, but like she obviously folded a little bit to the idea of Slovenia and working with Mencken. Like it's kind of I obviously a central theme to the show that money at this level is very corruptible or it corrupts you. So I don't, I'm worried for her. Connor is just a lost cause. Obviously he's Connor. He's hasn't changed since the show started. He's always been Connor, but she had maybe a little bit of hope, but I'm starting to lose hope. I would say in Willa as a character, I don't know if there's enough time for her to send fully, but I think it's definitely a little concerning. Yeah. The other favorite line I had was the billionaire line. Just says delivery. I'm a billionaire. Sorry. And then it just went into like <laughs> nonsense about con heads coming for you. Yeah. So she was like, Kathleen was like, it feels like a threat. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand his intentions there. Like he got, he was mad. He was like, you guys made a mistake, America. Someone else can like, I don't remember what he says. This isn't the word. He's like, suck on a teat of someone else. Like, yeah. you know, whatever he said. But I, I mean, who knows what Connor thinks? He probably did think he can win at least one state. He thought he had Kentucky. I was pulling for Alaska for him, but he they brought it up. They yeah. brought it, like it was very odd. They were like, "There's Alaska and Arizona left," and I yep. was like, "Oh, dude, yeah, Con's gonna get a little <laughs> something in Alaska." He was exploding. Um, but I really do think Will is so. In this episode, Will is like, I don't know. He's like so far right. And yeah. but then she was like, but Venice and whatever. And but that look at the end, she seems like, oh, shit, he's kind of crazy, too. Like, but I don't know that it'll be. You're right. I don't know that it'll be enough to actually do anything to Willa and Con in this we'll season. I love them, though. It's it's always a joy to have them on screen. And he's so he's just so oblivious. He it's it's. The polls are closed and he still goes up to Rome. He's like, hey, man, anyway, I could still get a deal. Like, yeah, it makes any, no sense. Anyway, got... it makes no so sense. nuts. Yeah. I mean, he probably only got it because Mick was like, sure, whatever. Like, I really don't give a fuck. Like, just call the election for me. <laughs> it's literally you're, yeah, yeah, you're so right. I did like when Willa's like, fuck Kentucky. He's like, no, Willa, not fuck Kentucky. Alas, Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was that was funny of him again showing that like grace that we kind of saw at the election party, although in in only the way that Connor could show it because it was also slightly unhinged. But he's just I don't know. He just brings such a nice little spice and to the show. It's just such a different kind of aspect to it than everyone else that he just I just love when he's in the show. So I'm obviously quite biased when I would rate any type of episode for yeah. him. I just feel like he brings a different spin on the crazy. Like you said, like yeah. he does that thing of grace behind the scenes and then he gets on camera to the whole country and melts down and starts like have a kind of a tantrum. He goes like kind of um, the sad sack wasp trap, like butter kitchen meltdown, <laughs> cold butter meltdown. Yeah. Like he's kind of unpredictable in that way. And maybe that was what Willow was like remembering because it had been fine for a little bit. And then he does that shit and you're like, Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. yeah. I'm also worried about my kind of like Connor as the father figure thing, which is why I was hitching my ride to him. I, I mean, I think the potential's there for it because obviously, like we've said, the siblings are all split. The funeral will happen. Maybe he is someone that can be a mediator. That seems like a very basic thing for the show to do. I think the show has proven that it's, again, like we talk about, it's not really about anything other than these people are stupid rich and they're also insanely bad people. And what does that look like in America? And yeah. that's fine. It's just, I don't know. I would like to see something good happen at the end like that. So we'll see. I'm probably, it's probably just the hopeless romantic in me, but love that value. We'll see. We'll see. My parting shots on is just a Greg, the Greg line. I guess I did have another line. I just didn't, I didn't have it in the quotes and the dance with an old man, unseemly venues. Like he was so confused. The guy he was dancing with, he said, yeah, I drank things that aren't normally drinks. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like blood or like, what was it? I, what what would be your That's guess? It. I drank things that were normally drunk. Mine were like blood and pee, which sucks. Yeah. Piss, <laughs> piss was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. But we'll see. I thought it was funny that Mattson like to Shiv was sort of like, yeah. So Greg told me it's getting a little crazy over there. Yeah. 
Yep. Greg just is, I mean, I would say is our up for Greg. I mean, he's got in Kendall and 100%. Roman's good graces. He ratted Shiv out, but yet he still kind of gets the mats inside of the play a little bit. So Greg is, is somehow. He's gragging. He's gragging yeah, he for sure. Gragging. I even liked when he stood up to Shiv because I thought Shiv, we already talked about it, but played that scene so wrong. Yeah. And Greg even bringing it up, being like, silence is golden because she was being so fucking weird in that scene. We haven't even talked about that really when she's just like, become attractive, Greg. And he's like, uh, <laughs> like uh, they're cousins. Yeah. Reel it in, Shiv. Find a different angle. I got the punchline. Like it, she, but the setup was, you know, it, it didn't, wasn't nice for any of us. But, uh, yeah, but I, I thought it was a good Greg episode too. And normally I don't give Greg the props in season four, at least the rest of the seasons I do, but, yeah. but I thought this was a good one for him. I was mad he turned on Shiv, but he she deserved it, I think. Yeah. All right. Alex, do you have a parting shot you want to throw out there for the people? I had the Greg thing, too. Just like the comment yeah. about drinking things that aren't normally drinks. I was like, that flew under the radar because I feel like it happened so early before all yeah. the chaos. So, yeah, that just kind of made me giggle and was very... uh what I kind of expect from like a weirdo tech billionaire. <laughs> Anyways, yes, like that's, sure. again, just more... More on brand content for Matson. Yeah, uh, I guess my parting shot, probably a reiteration of, of things I've said, of just that I just really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was really, they did such a good job of like showing us how ridiculous it is that it was these three people that were making this choice for the country, where, like we said, where they're arguing over chicken and steak from their childhood. And that's what I literally wrote down. I, I wrote, it's wild that it's these idiots deciding this. Like that was literally the only road I wrote for the whole episode or the only note I wrote rather besides the executive summary. Cause I was like, this is just so unhinged and crazy. Big All right. Time. So we did mention previews for episode nine and it looks like a good one. So funeral. Yeah. If you like what you heard and I hope you did uh, be sure, like I said at the start to subscribe, that's the best way to support us at the moment. Uh, bingetowntv.com is the home of everything bingetown we are working hard working like dogs over here um just doing a lot of tv shows at the moment the big ones right now are just yellow jackets and silo is is just starting up as a show yellow jackets it's running kind of hand in hand step in step with succession those will both end actually more day weekend which is pretty great i think right or maybe i'm wrong yep. okay you're right yeah which is pretty crazy so that should be a nice big weekend for us um, the week after that obviously we'll have a lot of big drops from us and yeah, we'll be back next week with more succession. We're back every week with just TV. So if you love talking about TV, listening to TV, all that kind of stuff, be sure to keep hanging around with us and also interact with us if you like social media at Bingetown TV. Twitter is probably the best way to do so. Instagram is potentially wishy washy, although I don't know because I don't go on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Instagram's good too if you like Instagram. Okay. Twitter's the at, best or yeah. YouTube. Or YouTube. Yeah, YouTube comments. We love them. Um, we love you guys pointing out things that we missed because obviously we missed things as well. We don't remember things correctly. So if you want to correct us, be sure to do so. Uh, we give you full reign to do that. We don't have the Kendall. No one gets to say no. So you're more than welcome to tell us that we're idiots and that we got things wrong. And yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. So that'll do it. Episode eight, America Decides. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thank you for listening. Thanks for saying wear black for the next episode. Fuck off. Because we're doing a funeral. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.